Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk brought to you by KCRAR. I'm Alex Gehring. And I think I'm Bobby Howe. You are so Bobby Howe. Oh my God, I'm so Bobby Howe. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. How are you, Bobby? I'm cold. Cold? It yeah. is, I'm just, I'm, I'm ready for warmth and I'm ready for the podcast because we're back in the podcast studio. We're Which back is so recording nice. in person. I love recording I in love person. Being in it's person. Amazing. And yet it's really, really cold in this room. But Amber told me it's because we're connected to the same um, zone as the server room. And the server room Ooh, has to stay has cold. To stay so cold. Ah, <laughs> and I was like, ah, ah, that's why it's when you walk in here, you get like five feet in the door and all of a sudden the cold hits you. And that's why it's the server room's fault. Cold air keeps my energy up, though. Like, do you find this to be? It also makes me have to pee really bad. Yes, most of the that's. Time. I was, it's more of the um, like I have to pee, so then well, I get hyper. So, uh, previous <laughs> podcast guest Andrea Sheridan, she taught me this phrase um, of needing to find a restroom. Yeah. is finding the urination station. Oh, and yeah. I was like, I have. It makes it sound fancy. It's like the Target, the urination yeah. station. The urination station. station. Wow. See, didn't yeah. know we were going to talk about urination stations. And I can say these words because Andrea is over in France doing the MIPAM conference and all that. So she's not even going to hear this podcast. Oh, so my gosh. Fine. The MIPAM thing. The MIPAM thing. That's these guys, again. they left today for MIPAM. That's right. Oh, my goodness. And they're all going over to Cannes, France. They're staying in Nice. They're going to be eating and I drinking their way through France. I bottled France most of the time. I feel like it's... Bottled France? Yeah. What's bottled France? Well, as opposed to Cannes, France. <laughs> It was such a horrible joke, and I walked right into it. <laughs> I'm sorry. It was really bad. It was so bad. <laughs> We've spent way more like, time on it now than I thought we would. Yeah, I figured I was like, you'd just hit you me say? and move no, forward. <laughs> no, no. I wouldn't hit you because then it would make a sound, and then Amber would give me a look, and then we'd be in trouble. So. Jared Francis fine, too, but the preservation method feels oh like a little God, weird. God, you are so yeah. bad. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In case anybody can't tell, we're recording this on a Friday afternoon, and I'm pretty sure both of us are checked out for the rest of the day. Do you plan on going back to the office after this? Oh, you probably have to. I absolutely am going back to the office. The market is crazy. The market is crazy. It feels it feels like, you know, yeah. it feels like life out there. It's, yeah. it's a good time, actually. It is a good time yeah. out there. It's I, hard, though. People are working hard, but it's, uh, it you know, mm-hmm. it's, what we, it's what we're in this thing for. So. Yeah. It's good times. I actually, uh, so we've been talking about my, um, the purchase of the new home that yeah, I have, yeah. and then I had the sell of my home. Right. We actually closed on the sell of my home sure. this week. So I now only own one home again, okay. which is very, very nice. And then I had a moment where I was calling and making sure the buyers had transferred utilities over. I should have called and, you know, transferred service out of my name as of the closing date, but Quite frankly, we were all in Cancun and President Circle, and I decided, I was like, they're responsible buyers. They'll put it in their name. So earlier today, I was sitting in the office, and I'm calling through the utility companies, just verifying that they've transferred service into their name. Every single utility has the automated system, and I start screaming at it because it never does what you want it to do. And Because it used to be if you just press zero at any point in time, you would eventually get to a live person. Uh, I think it was I think it was the gas company. Yes, it was Spire, which is the gas company up in St. Joe. Um, I would press zero and say, "Sorry, can't understand that response." So I just start hitting zero, 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 and I start screaming, "Customer service! Customer service!" <laughs> and then eventually it comes on and says, "If you press seven five zero, you'll be connected." Seven five zero. What is that? <laughs> 
And then one of my employees, she hears me basically just losing my crap on the automated robot system. And she comes in. She's like, Bobby, if you just press zero and then pound and then just keep doing that. I was like, I am pressing zero and pound. All right. So this is relevant. Okay. All right. I, uh, I've lost like... Uh, like six or seven pounds in the last few months. Oh, and there's a there's a specific reason why. One one of which one, is that you I'm scream just, at customer service people. I'm paying attention, but the the other reason is because McDonald's and their stupid automated tellers, when you pull up to the drive through, and it's like, hello, what would you like to order? And it's a robot. What? And that robot doesn't know anything. It is the dumbest robot. I've ever talked to. It's like any McDonald's drive-thru at the moment, which I went I, through McDonald's this morning and I had no robot. I had a human. Okay, you're lucky. So so maybe this is like just a Johnson County thing or oh, something. Oh, it's, it's fancy. It's, See, I was over in the Northland. Fancy. I pull up and here's the thing. I, I never went to McDonald's before, but now I got a kid and she goes to dance and the only thing we can eat before dance is chicken McNuggets because she's a child of habit and that's <laughs> what it is. We did McNuggets one, one time and now every time before dance, if I don't do McNuggets, mm-hmm. I'm the worst dad. You are. And like mom does McNuggets, you suck. And so I have to go to McDonald's, and we pull up to the drive-through, and it's like, "What would you like today?" And I go, "I'd like chicken McNugget Happy Meal." She goes, "Would you like apple slices with that?" And I go, "Yes, I would like two apple slice things with that, because like I don't know what to say to it." And it's like, "I'm sorry, I don't understand. What would you like with that?" Like apple slices with it. Okay. Anything else? Another order of apple slices. And then the problem is that it charges me 20 cents more than if it would have done what I told it to do. So then I have to say, in order to save my 20 cents, because I do nickel and dime, uh, in order to save my 20 cents, I have to tell the thing, I would like to talk to a human. (laughs) And then the human comes out and I go, hey, it should be 20 cents cheaper because, you know, the apple slices. And they're like... Oh, okay. <laughs> so they take 20 cents off of it. It's terrible. So now I don't go to McDonald's and I just deal with the fact that I'm a bad dad. You throw a fit over 20 cents. I don't you f- you it, add ex- two extra minutes to your day it's, over 20 it's, cents. It's That's the, the principle the, is, of no, the thing. They're, they're, no. Think about all of the extra 20 cents that they're making. Most uh, children aren't getting two apple slices, so they're fine. But the other apple slices. I love that are your daughter's for... getting apple slices. I love yeah. the fact that she's getting the, a double apple slice. It's, oh, they're not for they're your for daughter. Sarah. They're for Sarah. Now See, let's but we're trying this. to. We're trying to. We don't do the French fries. We do right? apple slices and apple slices. And the computer doesn't like that. And so anyway, it's a problem for me. Obviously, because so <laughs> you're worried about twenty cents. <laughs> But Man, there are wait, other okay, issues okay. with the thing, too. And it's that I can't tell it that I don't want a tomato on my sandwich. or or Oh, you I can't even, like, customize your order? Well, you can try to, but the thing doesn't get it right. Or then, because I'm trying to be good right now, I'll get my double quarter pounder with cheese, which no matter what way you cut it, is not healthy. <laughs> and I'll go I'll get a double quarter pounder with cheese without a bun. And it's like, would you like sesame seeds with that? And I'm like, no! Like, Just, no I don't want why what, what are you going to do? Sprinkle the sesame seeds on right on your burger cheese? and cheese. Yeah, it'll, it'll actually the... stick in the cheese though. Oh if you put it in the gosh. cheese, it'll just stick and stay right. God, I like people. 
Yeah, don't so change. Don't replace us with robots. If you leave the the uh, the palatial palace of Johnson County and you come <laughs> slum it with us over in North Kansas City on North Oak Traffic Way, there are nothing but humans on North Oak Traffic Way because I like to get my two breakfast burritos and a large coffee on my way to the office because it's across the street. They do it right on North Oak Traffic Way. They do. There's no robots there, and I'm pretty sure we don't have robots in St. Joe either. So it's coming. It's a it's Johnson coming. County thing. It's spreading uh, like Chat GPT. Oh, Lord, chat GPT. We, you know what? That's actually a topic we probably need to discuss here on the podcast. Now that we're tweeting, because that seems like every conference is now oh, having man. a session on chat. It's all about chat GPT. I have a conference coming up in April. We're putting on for all of our brokers in both of our regions. And we have, um, we have a speaker coming in on chat GPT. We, we could have just, to. what if we interviewed chat GPT on the podcast? Okay. We well we should we could that could be hilarious. Uh, watch South Park episode last night. There's a Chat GPT South Park episode. Did you watch it? It's so good. And now Alex is laughing uncontrollably, and Amber is going to kill us. I'm sorry. Yeah, what are we talking about? We've got we've got we a great so excited guest about, today. I know we have a great guest. You why don't you tell everybody who our guest is going to so be? So our guest uh, today is going to be Kathy Minden. Kathy Minden is one of my dear friends. Uh, I she is she was also KCRIR's 2022 Realtor of the Year. She was my presidential appointee to the executive committee for Heartland Multiple Listing Service, and she's a director on the Heartland. MLS board, so we get to work closely together with that. Um, but Kathy is just a wonderful agent. She's been in the business for quite a while. She's a veteran agent, and she has seen all of the different ways that people conduct real estate over the last couple of decades. Mm-hmm. And she is going to talk to us a little bit about that. Um, she's she's seen uh, CRMs, and she's seen notebooks filled with information about people. And all of the different ways that you uh, make sure that you manage your relationship. So that's what we're going to talk about with Kathy, and I'm pumped for it. I'm I'm so excited. I love Kathy. Guess what? Oh, you have a book bit. I do. Do 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 Bobby's book bit. Casey, where? Okay, so I will I will preface this by saying this was not my favorite read ever. <laughs> Oh and I've God. never done that before. <laughs> However, I like the principles in the book, which is why I'm bringing it forward. So just listen to the principles. It was the art of the deal. And do- oh. <laughs> You have lost it. You've literally lost it today. Um, so I'm just saying I like the principles from the book, but I don't necessarily – you don't need to read the book. Like just do the – the cliff notes for dummies. Mind cops. That's what we have. Sorry, oh my god. <laughs> Art of war, Sun Tzu is what we're doing now. That's what I'm doing. It's fine. Listen, I read a thousand page book while we were in Cancun, so we can go any way with this. All right. Okay. This was not a thousand page book, by the way. All right. So the book is called Healthy at One Hundred. And it addresses the importance of maintaining healthy habits, such as not getting a quarter pounder with cheese at McDonald's. <laughs> no but, bun. Um, healthy habits, such as exercising and simply keeping your body moving, practicing gratitude, and avoiding stress by being kind and loving. And this is so a book for Alex right now. And my <laughs> quote from the book, the book is by John Robbins. The quote is, gross national happiness is more important than gross domestic product. Oh, yeah. Wow, right? All right. So lesson number one, exercise and movement have a better chance of curing your diseases than medication does. And the book talks about there's some cultures that take um, 
this idea that movement is a better healer than actual medicine or drugs. And so the author goes on to say that before you're prescribed any of the man-made medications, doctors should aim to encourage you to engage in some sort of activity. However, the Western culture kind of canceled this idea and popularized a sedentary office life as well as a life of dependency on all the little gadgets that make our lives easier and all those foods that satisfy those artificial mm. cravings. Again, we didn't plan this, and yet here we had a whole thing on McDonald's. <laughs> um, and then, in fact, the author adds that not exercising is like taking a depressant. Unhappiness, anxiety, stress, and frustration can all be remedied by engaging in sports activities, by moving your body, because that makes your brain um, release dopamine or the happiness hormone. You know, people are always surprised whenever I say I actually hate running, and I do. I don't like the act of running itself, but I love what I get from running, which is usually a release of stress and a release of anxiety and things that have been built up inside of me, so I can 100% say that this works for me. Um, Lesson number two, avoid falling into the trap of ads and use common sense instead. Mm. And he talks about in today's world, ads are as poisonous as the products they market so intensely for. Ads for highly processed foods such as sweets and snacks. Americans have one of the lowest life expectancies on earth, ranking amongst the highest in terminal diseases like cancer and diabetes. So a diet consisting mostly of vegetables, non-animal proteins. That's the only part where I fight with him because I'm like, I like my animal proteins. Sorry. I want to eat and, something with a brain. In fats, reduced amounts of tobacco and alcohol is one you should be aiming for. And it talks about there's no surprise that cultures that promote healthy diets and a good amount of exercise are known for being the longest living nations on earth, such as Japan. And finally, lesson three, you didn't lose the genetic lottery. You just have to think more highly of yourself, eat better, and love more. Mm. Yes, genes play a major role, but how come entire populations from different cultures have significantly higher quality of life and life expectancy? Feed uh, feed the news, social media, and vanishing trends. It'll always make you think that you're in danger, that you're in the wrong place or doing the wrong thing because someone is better, richer, fitter, and living a better life than yours. Avoid rushing into these trends as they alter the quality of your life. A happy person is a person who lives in the present, enjoys the little things, and practices gratitude by counting their blessings. You have to get out of the vicious cycle of always wanting more and thus spending more time just chasing those things and life passes you by. Finally, you need to nurture your spirit by being kind and loving. Help a neighbor out. Be kinder to yourself, those around you in good times and bad. And this is an important one. Take care of your partner and put more care into your relationships. And I think in the society where we're just rushed, rushed, rushed. I mean, there was – I was on Facebook last night and it was a um, it was a bunch of uh, comics, little graphics, just little individual images. But basically they were showing the phone separating someone from their partner or someone from their child. There was probably like 30, 35 images. And the one that was the most harmful for me was a parent sitting on a couch – and there's this big, huge iPhone, and on the other side of it is just a small child playing on a couch with a little doll just wanting to be noticed. And I think that's a big part of our yeah. society now is that we're so fed into social media and our devices that we're not pouring time into our actual relationships with people that are there with us. And instead, we want all that attention from strangers. So Healthy at 100 by John Robbins is my book bit for this episode. I like it. That's a great book bit. Yeah, again, not my favorite book to read, but I love the principles inside of it. Cool. Well, so should we go get Kathy? We totally should go get Kathy. 
Welcome back to Kansas City Real Talk, brought to you by KCRAR, and we are here with Kathy Minden. Thank you for taking time out of your day to be here with us today. We're excited to have you. Hi, Bobby. Hi, Alex. I am happy to be here. So let's talk about your, let's give your life story. I always love starting with a life story. So tell your life story, where you grew up, how you got into real estate, and how you are where you are today as the 2022 KCRER Realtor of the Year. Oh, well, I'll make it kind of fast because I'm kind of a boring person. Don't I make don't think a you whole are. bunch of changes. Um, so I'm from Paola, Kansas, have lived there all my life, went to school in Paola, Kansas. My parents, my in-laws, everybody lives in Paola, Kansas. So graduated high school in 1982. Um, so you guys can all do the math now. Um, I was the person in the room that was alive then. <laughs> Alex, what were you doing in 1982? I can't describe it. it was, I, pro- I existed in, in somebody's imagination, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so anyway, when I started working at the Palasonic and when I was 14, and no, I didn't wear roller skates. Everybody asked that. I was thinking um, it. I was, uh, there was a Mexican restaurant south of town, and that was the first time I was recruited because the owner of that Mexican restaurant said, Kathy, I think you should come check this out. You know, I think you could make good tips. And so worked for the Sonic for a couple of years, went to the Mexican restaurant, worked there, um, Probably another couple years. Um, at that time, the lady that well, the it was a, a couple that owned it. Um, they sold the restaurant. The lady that bought it, Fernfort, for anybody, an old realtor name, um, had a real estate license, and she said, "Kathy, I think you need to get your real estate license." And I'm like, "Well, mm, yeah, what's that?" Mm. But I looked into it, um, went and took the test, and when I was 19, I got my real estate license. So um, just uh, did it. I got it in May and uh, did real estate part-time May through December, and then I, you know, cut the cut the quote-unquote real job off and got my license and haven't looked back since. And you're one of the few people that I know in this business who have lived every part of the business. You have been in sales. You have been in ownership. You've been a broker. You've really, you have experienced everything that this industry has in terms of a way to participate in it, which is awesome. And and I have. I, I had a brokerage, an independent brokerage, um, I worked for brokers, um, and now I am an associate broker with Crown Realty, and I get to do what I love, list and sell property. There you go. I love it. And one of the things that I love about your story, at least from what I'm hearing, is you got in real estate very young, but not as a second-generation realtor. Was anybody in your family in real estate? Nope. And yet, here you are. I know. Here I am. Five years later. <laughs> and She's I have... only 24, guys. <laughs> I have one son, and there is no way he's ever getting in real estate. That's so. what they all say. That's yeah. that's yeah. a well, he's thirty five. Oh, okay, so all right, all probably right. not. So, <laughs> uh, no, there's still, still time. There's, yeah, exactly. There's plenty of time still. So, talk to us just a little bit about your. We talk a lot about CRMs, and that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have you on. As we talk a lot about CRMs, we talked about it a couple of episodes ago, and. Before, tell us, Kathy, before there were CRMs, 
what did you do? How did you uh, keep track of your relationships? Um, so when I first got started, I literally had the little box with the cards on them. Mm-hmm. And I literally went into the office every week, once a week, and called those people back. And I still remember calling people and saying, hey, it's Kathy. I'm still alive. I'm not working at McDonald's. Um, I just, there's there's nothing out there for you. And that's literally how I did it. I was very fortunate um, when I got started because parents, in-laws, everybody um, knew my name or knew me. So, so it was in a small town. I don't want to say it was easy, but when I called someone, they at least said, oh, are you, you know, Ralph's daughter? Are you, you know, Doug's daughter-in-law? So name recognition helped there. Um, so that's how I kept in contact with people yeah. was just picking up a phone and then it had a dial on it that you had to like she's making a rotary type of thing four and yeah that's how I started. So what I heard you say when you got started, first off, you talked about the index cards, and that's I still have a box of my mom's old index cards, and we divided people by alphabetical and by address, so I had, you can sort it both ways depending on what you need. Um, but what I heard you say was you were consistent with your lead mm-hmm. generation every single week. Mm-hmm. What I would was. you say is the biggest thing to your success? That consistency there you go whatever you do you don't have to pay millions of dollars for a crm you can pick up the phone just do it consistent if you mail out postcards do it consistent one postcard is not going to get you listings Mm -mm. so that's my question do you feel like if you kept on doing the same thing today with that same method would it be just as effective yes perfect i agree yeah 100 percent. that's Whatever you're going to do in real estate, do it and just keep doing it. Consistent. It's all these people that go out and they try. Oh, I tried phone calling. That didn't work. So I mailed a postcard. No one responded to my postcard. Now I'm going to do door. You did it one day. You did it one day. Yeah. It, I, I tell the story that I live in the largest subdivision in St. Joe, which isn't necessarily like the, the nicest subdivision, but we have 625 homes. So I would think that if you were a realtor, that would be a fabulous place to farm because there's a great turnover in our neighborhood consistently. I have now lived in our neighborhood for over eight years. The number of times I've received a postcard from the same person more than once, I can count on like two fingers. Like there's only two realtors who ever sent me something more than once to my home. Yet that I should be getting like 10 realtors sending me something every single month. And yet no one does it. I just I spoke with a broker yesterday and he was talking about these letters that he sends out. And he's like, what makes sense me apart is no one else does it. Mm-hmm. Doesn't matter if he tells everybody that he does it. No. They're not going to do it. No. <laughs> and you got to be there. You know, uh, someone that's thinking about selling their house, they've been thinking about it for two years. Yeah. And it's the agent that they get the postcard from. Even if they went to church or to school with another agent, they have that postcard in front of them the minute that they decide yep. to sell. Your chances just went up to be their agent. Right. Exactly. I see agents waste so much time trying to make the postcard or the letter be absolutely perfect. And I have to tell them time and time again, you want them to look at it, see your face, throw it away. Next month, look at it, see it, throw it away until the time that they need you and they look at it. Oh, yeah, that person emails me or uh, sends me postcards every single month. They're my person because they're consistent with what they do. 
over the years you've been in real estate, even just talking right now about CRMs and the way CRMs have changed over the years, what are some of the trends and the way things have changed over the years? What are the things you're grateful for the changes that they've come and go? And what are some of the you're like, you know, it was better when we did it that way? So I was thinking about that as I was driving up here. And it's probably the the funniest thing was in our days of private office listings. Has anybody heard of those? And clear cooperation. So back in my day, um, we had what they call open listings. And mm. I know a lot oh. of people are not going to know about open listings. But I would literally have a listing and ABC Realty would have the listing also and you may drive by a house and there may be four signs in front of that yard. And a buyer calls on one of those signs and there was no cooperation. It's whoever that buyer called. The other, if there were four signs, the others were out. Mm-hmm. So there was no MLS. You could not get online and find out what was available. You literally had to either call people and tell them about things or you drove by signs. So... I, I thought that was very appropriate in today's world, the difference between mm-hmm. back then and now. Um, whenever I wanted to show a property, I would call the other agent and say, hey, Martin, I have a buyer that's looking between sixty and 70000 What do you have? What a novel idea. And yeah. he would say, hey, Kathy, I have this great listing or whatever. I would go pick up the key. And then I would have to have it back the same day because somebody else might want to show that property, too. Um, Our contracts were one page. Mm -hmm. Carbon copy. Carbon copied. And, yeah, we didn't copy them. Mm -hmm. You know, the top copy was for usually the bank if there was a loan involved. And there wasn't any FHA loans, VA loans, anything like that. The buyer probably didn't have a pre-approval letter. Maybe they'd talk to their bank, but most of the time it's like they go out and look and then they're going to the bank and saying, hey, banker, I saw this and and I want to buy it. So I guess that's that's how it used to be. I love today's world of the Internet, and I think it saved all of us a lot of time because buyers are educated now. Yeah. You don't go out showing buyers 14 properties in your car. They actually rode with you in your car. And I I remember several times, you know, if you had several properties to look at, I remember the day before driving by all those properties because the worst thing you could do is get lost. Right. You had to map them out. Yeah. So, you know, the, the world of the Internet today, I think it's good that um, buyers are educated about what's out there. But I also think that we as the realtor need to stay in the center of the transaction. Mm-hmm. We need to educate them because they think they're educated, but they're not always Absolutely. educated. So I think that's that's where we're at. So another piece of things, and this is this is something that I preach on quite a bit, is that we are just, we've gotten pretty lazy. And we oh, aren't very creative. Lord, yes. And um, what I, a lot of what I just heard you say is that you came up in this business when it was a skill-based industry. And a lot of us have gotten away from this being a skill-based industry. It's been luck. We wait on people to call. Um, and that's how we prospect. Um, but the reality, when we're all just complaining about the lack of inventory 
And that's what we're saying over and over again. Which it's I'm not our it's not problem. A, it's right. It's our problem. And the reality is that when you know of a buyer, the best thing that you can do is not to think about the properties that are currently on the market. You need to get creative. You call your colleagues. You call your COI. You figure out if there. You shake the trees. You don't just wait for the thing to hit the MLS. You actually picked up the phone and called somebody and asked them if or they had knock anything. On doors. Knock on doors. You know what? Hustle, I, damn it! You so, know, so many houses yeah. that way. Bobby, when you're talking about subdivisions, I don't know how many times that I just went and knocked on doors. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a buyer that wants to buy in your yep. neighborhood. Do you want to sell or know someone yep. who does? Yep. Easy. Easy. And most of the time, you know, it, people are scared. It's the first one that's the hardest one. Mm-hmm. After that, most people are so welcoming. They're like going, oh, no, Kathy, but I, I will definitely let you know. The other thing that it shows to that person is that you're out there hustling. That's right. You're the hardest working person in the business. Yeah. yeah. And and they put a name and a face together. So, yeah, I, I knocked on doors. Now, I will be very honest. I haven't knocked on a door for a long time. But if I was starting my business all over again, and and frankly, I would tell new agents, if you're less than a year in the business and you're looking for business, go knock on those damn doors. Yeah. I'll tell you, what I my... I was always very hesitant to, to door knock um, because in my head, I'm like, that's just that just seems rude. Mm-hmm. But then uh, when my Edward Jones guy knocked on my door and asked for the business, I gave it to him. When my bug guy knocked on my door and asked for the business, I gave it to him. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, I, I hired so many people based on door knocking. And I'm like, why? Right? Why when I was getting started, did I accept anybody telling me that that was an outdated and ineffective way of prospecting. That's what you do in sales. Yes. Maybe you didn't know you were in sales when you got started. Welcome to the game. I bet you bought Girl Scout cookies from somebody that just knocked on your door too. Yeah, I've, I've bought plenty of Girl Scout cookies. That's for <laughs> and sure. And baseball, whatever <laughs> exactly. they're selling. Little coupons, yeah. coupon books, exactly. everything. Well, and we're all volunteers within the Realtor Association. Most of us, if you ask us why we're involved in the Realtor Association, it's because someone asked us. It's right. the exact same thing. You're asking for business. I, I still remember to this day go, sitting in a class, and they made us go call three people and ask them if they knew anybody wanting to buy or sell real estate because I was a part of a contest. Blah, and I was like, this is the stupidest thing ever. It's not going to work. Blah, blah, blah. So the first person I called was my husband. I was like, just <laughs> listen, okay? I got to do my spiel. And he did, and I hung up. So the next person I called was his brother, my brother-in-law. And I was like, just listen. I got to say these words. And he's like, actually, I know a couple people right now who are looking for investment properties. And I was like, what do you mean? Do you know I'm a realtor? Why would you? The next person I called was a former realtor who now is an insurance agent. And I called him. He gave me five leads. Here I was trying to say this method is never going to work by yep. calling people and asking if they know someone wanting to buy. And then it was like it just smacked me in the face going, Bobby, you're such an idiot. Like, OK, I, there I, we go. I actually remember something. It, it, I was in the business less than a year. And my relatives, I somehow found out that they listed a property with somebody else and I heard through the grapevine, you know, they saw me or something and well, Kathy, I didn't know you were in real estate. That kind of like, that was my fault. Yeah. Right. I didn't call, I didn't send out announcements, anything. Right. So that was my fault. And that, 
hurt really bad. Right. So and and it still does today. And and but today, if someone chooses not to do um, real estate work with you, whether a buyer side or a seller side, and you know them, there's a reason. Mm-hmm. And you just you can't. It's it's hurtful sometimes. Right. But you just have to go on. You That's have right. to go to the next person. Yeah. It's all about numbers. So you mentioned new agents. And you were just talking about communication. So what new advice would you have for newer agents on how they can communicate with each and every one of their clients or just people in their sphere that know them? So I think the good news, bad news about our job is that we're independent contractors. So you know what? I can sleep till 11 o'clock if I want to. (laughs) But if I do that, I'm not going to be successful. Mm -hmm. So even though you are an independent contractor, get up. Get dressed and get to the office. Um, if you don't have anything to do, find something to do. Um, overhear veteran agents in the office talking. And, and it is a mm-hmm. different world now. There's not as many people in the office as what there used to be. Mm-hmm. But there's always somebody there. And just kind of listen to them talk on the phone mm-hmm. and, and, you know, ask them questions. Um, I don't know how many times that either... I'm in the office or somebody else is in the office and there may be a call that comes in and maybe that agent's too busy to take care of it at the time. And they'll say, hey, Sally, will you take this customer? I'll take a referral fee back. That's business that you didn't have. So get up, get dressed and get to the office. Here, here. One hundred percent. You know, one of the things that I always tell agents is. Pretend you had a real job. Exactly. And that you could be fired every single day if you don't show up and do the thing that you're paid to do. And you are paying yourself whether you realize it or you don't. Because you're going to fire yourself if you're going broke. You better. You better. You better. I you, hope you do. I hope you do. Go work somewhere. I, I always, <laughs> yeah, um, I say that every day I'm applying for a new job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you are. When you're meeting with that seller or mm-hmm. that buyer, you're applying for a new job. That's right. And if you put 40 hours in real estate like you would a normal quote-unquote job, um, you're going to be successful. Yeah. If you really do put 40 hours. Now, there's agents that come into the office all the time, and they think they're busy. Oh. But they're not busy. They're not doing work. Right. They think they are. work. They're spending their time on Canva. And they're making their pretty graphics. And the yep. TikToks. And the TikToks. And they're just checking in on people. And on then Facebook. they never oh, yeah. get sent out. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't ever, they get into they get analysis paralysis. Yep. And we just have to analyze it to death. You know, it, one of my favorite quotes is from a few years ago, one of our conferences. He's now going to be one of our NAR presidents. Kevin Sears says, Real estate's the one profession you wake up unemployed every yep. single day. And when you understand that, you can make all the difference, but too far of our people don't understand that. They think, I have a license and people are just going to call me. Don't be scared. I think everybody is scared. And it just takes the one. And, you know, the the buyer that hugs you and says, thanks for being involved in this. Thanks for helping me get my home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, that makes it all worthwhile. It does. It just takes the one. And that's it. Well, right now, and I was just telling Alex, I finished up selling my own personal home, oh. and I it was. But the people who bought it are first time home buyers, oh. and we just closed, and they sent just thank you for making our first home buying experience so amazing. And I was like, I really didn't even do that much because I was just you know, mm-hmm. and yet it doesn't take that much. Just giving someone attention, just giving them advice, and being there for them when they need it 
This doesn't have to be a hard job, but it has to be a consistent job. Yeah, you were talking earlier about the Internet. So I think that's what we do badly as agents is that um, somebody calls and they saw this house on the Internet and we meet them there and they want to buy it. You know, last summer, everybody wanted to buy everything they looked at the first time. Mm -hmm. Um, They want to buy it and you say, "Okay, I'm going to go back to the office and I'm going to loop you the information and you just sign it and I'll get it to the listing agent. That's not how to do business. That's no. not how to get referrals. That's not how to build your business. Yeah. That's a one deal thing. Well, the other thing you bring up the internet, and it, it, one of the things that frustrates me more than anything is when we go show that new buyer a, a home, but it's not the one that's right for them. So we're, you know, what are you looking for? We find that out, and then we set them up on an auto email. Exactly. And we do nothing until they contact us to say, I want to go see that one, as opposed to what are they being sent today? Using that knowledge and experience we have to go, you know what? You didn't say you wanted to see this one, but based on what I know, I think you probably should go look at that one. Mm-hmm. We went from being an industry where 100% we decided what homes people saw to 100% just removing our hands and being like, I don't have any buy-in, they're going to tell me. And there has to be a medium somewhere in the middle. Conversations. You know, if I am working on a deal with you, Bobby, and we have a tough situation, it's a lot easier for me to text you nasty things. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Than it is to pick up the phone and say, Bobby, you know, we can work it out. And I would say 99% of the time, it's the problem with the agents, not the buyers and sellers. You know, it, I always say that it took me running an office to see that the other agents were the problems, not the buyers and the sellers, right. because our buyers and sellers aren't buying and selling homes every day, and they're feeding off whatever energy we give them. So if I'm your listing agent and I'm freaking out over this contract, you as a seller are going to start freaking out. Yep. But then when I talk to the other agent, my sellers are freaking out. They have and no you idea. wonder why. It's, yeah. yeah. But it's. Me. That's right. Again, <laughs> you I'm the problem, Taylor Swift. Yes. <laughs> that is that is absolutely, absolutely yeah. true. So talk to me about now that we brought up the other agent, what are some ways communicating with the other agents or even the way we, you know, work with other agents has changed over the years? Or has it? Are we still just the same RDR, realtors don't read and we don't do anything and <laughs> we just still stay frustrated with each other? No, I, I think it's. Back to the relationships. Yep. You have to have relationships. Um, when the market frenzy was going on, I know I won at least two contracts for two different buyers because I had a relationship with that buyer. And we as agents know we can't tell our sellers what to pick and and anything else. Well, you as a good realtor know that you cannot tell your clients that. Exactly. But, um, you know, I do have a say if I have – six offers and my seller says, you know, what do you think, Kathy? I can say, you know what? I've worked with this agent before and it closed on time. I've worked with this lender before. It's closed on time. Mm -hmm. Um, But I've worked with this other agent and you know what? We had real issues here. If if everything is the same, Mm -hmm. that's what we're there for. That's information that's valid. That is what we are there for. That is what they are paying us for is our ability to negotiate and to guide them through this process. Bottom line, they they have the bot, the end uh, expectation. They right. get to ch- make the end choice, but They're, we have to give them options and, and educate them. They're so, paying for your experience. And my exactly. experience tells me this is going to be a smooth transaction. 
this may not be everything else equal. That's right. This exactly. person creates problems. And I exactly. think that's what you're really saying. Realtors sometimes forget that, yes, we are competitive with each other, but we also have to be cooperative with each other. And <laughs> yeah. I think that cooperative, I mean, heck, that's what the MLS is there for, is for cooperation. And yet somehow we seem to forget that piece way too often. And the person that you're competing with today is going to be your uh, the person you're trying to cooperate with tomorrow and you i I mean i can't think of another profession that the person you're competing with you are dependent on your income that's right yeah that's right i mean you have to and and it's all about relationships i i whether it's the buyer's relationship with you the seller's relationship the co-op agent it's all about relationships and you know, I just cringe when I get a call from a, a co-op. No, usually it's a text. That's another <laughs> pet peeve of mine is pick up the phone. Yep. Don't send me um, uh, an offer via dot loop. And I can't imagine. I've received offers and agents don't even text you, call you, yeah. nothing. Yeah. They just expect you to have it in your email. That's and right. I, I I just don't see that. So, you know, pick up the phone and say, hey, Kathy, do you have any other offers? You know, what's your seller's plans? What would they like closing date? Try to write an offer that the sellers are going to accept. Yeah. Don't write an offer and say, okay, we're going to get this as a good deal. So try to write one offer that they're going to accept. There you go. Find out what's important to the other party and then see if that works for your buyers. And maybe it doesn't. But if this is, you know, what's important, put yourself ahead. Right. We're coming up to the end of our time. And I want to be respectful of the time we've asked of you because you made the drive over here (laughs) is the last question I always ask all of our guests is what else? What else should we have talked about? What else do you want our listeners to know? Um, What else is out there? I think the the last little bit we've talked about is just be nice. Mm -hmm. Just be nice. And if you do have a problem, talk to them on the telephone. Mm-hmm. Don't text. Don't email. Just pick up the phone and talk to them because so many things can get solved yeah. by talking on the phone. Just be nice. Be a good human being. <gasps> Cheers. Wow. It's Love sad, it's sad oh, that that's Are we drinking our... after this? Yes, 100%. <laughs> we are it, is Friday. it is Friday. Yes, 100%. It's a Friday. So. Kathy, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you for coming in and being with us and being, I believe she may be our first realtor of the year that we brought in specific. Well, I mean, we brought in for other reasons, too, but we like promoted that she was realtor of the year. I think in the four years we've been doing this, I don't know that we've brought in the realtor she, of the year. I, and I, I got to say she was KCRAR realtor of the year. Yeah. She was also KAR realtor of the year last oh. year. Oh, she's all of the realtors she's of the year. She's all of the realtors of the year. As we tip our hats to her. Well, thank you both. But, you know, you and I and everybody knows that there's a lot of people out there that do the exact same thing that I do. I was just the lucky one last year that got recognized for it. So, But you represent all of us, and we thank you for doing it and doing it so well. Thank Thank you, guys. This has been great. Let's do this again. Let's do it again. I love doing it again. (laughs) 